itself, I say. I was seated on a high tombstone, trembling, while he ate the bread ravenously. "'You young dog,' said the man, licking his lips. "'What fat cheeks you have got!' I believe they were fat, though I was at the time undersized for my years and not strong. "'Darn me if I couldn't eat them,' said the man, with a threatening shake of his head. "'And if I hadn't half a mind to it!' I earnestly expressed my hope that he wouldn't, and held tighter to the tombstone on which he'd put me, partly to keep myself upon it, partly to keep myself from crying. "'Now looky here,' said the man. "'Where's your mother?' "'There, sir,' said I. He started, made a short run, and stopped and looked over his shoulder. "'There, sir,' I timidly explained. "'Also, Georgiana, that's my mother.' "'Oh,' said he, coming back. "'And is that your father, along of your mother?' "'Yes, sir,' said I. "'Him, too, late of this parish.' "'Ha!' he muttered then, considering. "'Who'd you live with, supposing you're kindly let to live, "'which I hadn't made up my mind about? "'My sister, sir, Mrs. Joe Gargery, "'wife of Joe Gargery, the blacksmith, sir.' "'Blacksmith, eh?' said he, and looked down at his leg.' After darkly looking at his leg and at me several times, he came closer to my tombstone, took me by both arms, and tilted me back as far as he could hold me, so that his eyes looked most powerfully down into mine, and mine looked most helplessly up into his. "'Now looky here,' he said. "'The question being whether you're to be let live. "'You know what a file is?' "'Yes, sir.' "'And you know what whittles is?' "'Yes, sir.' After each question he tilted me over a little more, so as to give me a greater sense of helplessness and danger. "'You get me a file,' he tilted me again. "'And you get me whittles,' he tilted me again. "'You bring them both to me,' he tilted me again. "'Or I'll have your heart and liver out,' he tilted me again. I was dreadfully frightened, and so giddy that I clung to him with both hands and said— "'If you were kindly pleased to let me keep upright, sir, "'perhaps I shouldn't be sick and perhaps I could attend more.' "'He gave me a most tremendous dip and roll "'so that the church jumped over its own weathercock. "'Then he held me by the arms in an upright position "'on the top of the stone and went on in these fearful terms. "'You bring me tomorrow morning early that file and them whittles. "'You bring the lot to me at that old battery over yonder.' You do it, and you never dare to say a word, or dare to make a sign concerning your having seen such a person as me, or any person some ever, and you shall be let to live. You fail, or you go from my words in any particular, no matter how small it is, and your heart and your liver shall be tore out, roasted and et. Now, I ain't alone as you may think I am. There's a young man hid with me, in comparison with which young man... I am an angel. That young man hears the words I speak. That young man has a secret way, peculiar to himself, of getting at a boy, and at his heart, and at his liver. It is in vain for a boy to attempt to hide himself from that young man. A boy may lock his door, may be warm in bed, may tuck himself up, may draw the clothes over his head, may think himself comfortable and safe. But that young man will softly creep and creep his way to him and tear him open. I am a-keeping that young man from arming you at the present moment with great difficulty. I find it very hard to hold that young man off of your inside. Now, what do you say?'
I said that I would get him the file, and I would get him what broken bits of food I could, and I would come to him at the battery early in the morning. Say, Lord, strike you dead if you don't, said the man. I said so, and he took me down. Now, he pursued, you remember what you've undertook, and you remember that young man, and you get home. Good, good night, sir, I faltered. Much of that, said he, glancing about him over the cold, wet flat. I wish I was a frog or a eel. At the same time, he hugged his shuddering body in both his arms, clasping himself as if to hold himself together, and limped towards the low church wall. As I saw him go, picking his way among the nettles and among the brambles that bound the green mounds, he looked in my young eyes as if he were eluding the hands of the dead people, stretching up cautiously out of their graves to get a twist.